This is, this is what John has been talking about for some time. Tough times and a tough going and tough people. And I think he is right on um, on that uh, on that subject, and <clears throat> I think he's speaking to us. Um, uh, I, I suppose, obviously, you uh, realize that, but uh, um, I think that it is tough uh, times. We are. Uh, facing tough situations, and I think that it also is testing our faith. If you uh, want to uh, consider that um, faith being tested, how 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 does that happen? Well, uh, Paul um, makes an analogy with the church body as a, as a human body uh, made up of a lot of parts. And so uh, I believe that that's a good uh, picture of, of, the, of the church, of a church. Therefore, um, when the body is separated, it uh, uh, it's different parts are scattered all over. It's not, a, it's not particularly a body until it assembles together. Uh, I don't believe. And so that's that's uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, problems we're facing now. That testing our faith. Now, I believe that uh, for for a part to uh, live, part of the body to live, it has to be attached to the body. That's where its uh, source, source of uh, uh, life comes from. I believe likewise with the church body, uh, uh, people who become detached from the church body, it seems to me that, uh, that it's a part out there without a source, a source of life. Uh, you may consider that, or you you, you may not uh, like that uh, analogy at all. But uh, I, I say that uh, one's faith uh, would cause them to make every effort to stay attached to the body. Now uh, we are facing a situation now where we have to be attached. Um, electronically here and uh, hopefully uh, that will work. However, I believe that we will, uh, when I'm, uh, we, I mean BCC, I believe we will come through this as a stronger, as a stronger body. And I, I believe that. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to that when uh, when we get over uh, all of this uh, virus mess and and other disruptions in in our country, okay. Now tonight we've got a little uh, 
uh, study. We're getting uh, a new uh, uh, section of the scripture. And we have in front of us uh, three epistles of Paul. They're 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Now those uh, are a total of 13 chapters. And these go together and are commonly known as the pastoral epistles. And the reason for that is because they are addressed to two Christian ministers. Now, so that says to us that what we're going to be talking about for 13 chapters is church. And I think we need to pay attention uh, to that uh, because um, we may not be too different uh, than what we're reading about. So it's about churches, all, all, all of these three epistles of churches. And he's writing this to two, to two pastors. And so Timothy and Titus, when they received these instructions from Paul, they, they were not, as they had previously been doing, uh, missionaries or inter-evangelists, but Paul had left them in charge of churches. Timothy was, had oversight over the church in Ephesus, and Titus ha, had oversight over the churches uh, in the island of Crete. Uh, Timothy had been sent by Paul on previous occasion to churches. And uh, for example, uh, the Corinthian church in you might find that in 1 Corinthians 4.17, uh, to Thessalonica, Second uh, Thessalonians 3.2, he sent uh, Timothy there, and he sent to, uh, to uh, uh, Philippi in Philippians 2.19. So we have two preachers here, two pastors, and they're in charge of churches, and they have problems, the churches have problems. Churches have problems, all churches have problems, but these have some pretty serious problems. Now we're more familiar probably with these three epistles uh, for their information concerning elders and deacons, uh, their qualifications, duties, functions, and so forth. It is true that most of the detailed instructions here is, is the best source that we have, but it's not the primary reason for these three epistles. The pastoral epistles were written to guide them in discharge of their duties devolving upon them as Christian pastors. Also, there is much more that is personal, that which is concerned with Christian faith, doctrine, and practice generally. We find from other scriptures that it is rather sure that Paul was in prison on two different occasions in Rome. He was likely acquitted on the first account about 61 or 62 AD. The second imprisonment was about 67, 68 AD, and it was during 
the time between these imprisonments that he wrote these epistles. Actually, Titus comes between the two because Second Timothy is the last writing of the Apostle Paul, who was beheaded by the Roman sword in 68 AD. And I believe, therefore, that these helpful truths in these epistles is good for any any church and can be gleaned with st steady and an open mind. I think we have to keep an open mind in studying the scripture for any uh, for any reason that we're looking for the scripture. Uh, one uh, comment uh, that I like uh, remember that the Bible is not a riddle. It's a revelation. So it's been revealed. He's revealed all he's going to reveal to us in the Bible. Now, we come to uh, the chapter, first chapter, and we, we find that he addresses uh, this to, uh, to Timothy as a, as a greeting. And uh, he says, I'm looking, uh, basically now we'll look at the first uh, uh, 11 verses, first 11 verses there. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And the third verse, as I besought you to abide still in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now, <clears throat> uh, he, had, uh, he had warned about this um, false doctrine uh, a, long, a long time ago. And if, and if you want to look at that, that would be in Acts uh, 20. And Acts 20. Uh, and he said, take heed. Uh, he's talking to the elders at that time, to elders in the church at Ephesus. Uh, incidentally, there were a lot of people in this church at Ephesus. They probably met in small groups in houses because of the uh, population, large, large group. And so each one of these groups uh, probably had an elder or an overseer of the group. And that's what Paul is, uh, is writing, uh, is, is addressing here. He says to the, to the elder, to these people who are over, having oversight over these churches, and he said, uh, take heed, in other words, watch out to, and, uh, for yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. If you notice now, Paul gets that, uh, that thing in 
uh, in a lot of his statements, he talked about Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, he purchased us with his own blood and so forth. He, he comes out with that just all the time in, in, in a lot of things. Well, I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not in every one, every night, one night and day with tears. Every night and day with tears. Three years. So he's, uh, he, he's, he, saw, he's, he saw this uh, coming. Now, that's what uh, verse three says, he, that I, he, this is what he was talking about. He said, this is, this is the time that he's talking about where he said, Timothy, I told you to stay in Ephesus while I was going into Macedonia. And to take charge and watch out, not for those ones, not to teach different kinds of doctrine. Now, <clears throat> that's a, 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 an interesting thing there that I, uh, that I uh, uh, exposed a little bit because what kind, what doctrine is he, is he talking about? And uh, so uh, we, will, we will look at that uh, in a little bit. And this is what Paul says. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which, min which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. And he's talking about um, uh, false doctrine being rebuked here in the next, uh, next uh, three or four verses. Now, to the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and a faith before him. From which some having served have turned aside into vain juggling desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whether they affirm. This, this is Paul's rebuke to the false teachers there in Ephesus. And, and he's talking about the law. Uh, if you teach the law, you ought to know what you're talking about. And then he talked about uh, other type of uh, sinful things or evil things uh, that defile mankind and uh, liars, perjurers, and so forth. <clears throat> and that brings you down to 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now, <clears throat> when I look at that, and he said, his glorious gospel. What is his glorious gospel? That's a, that's a good question. He's, he's talking about that they preach no other doctrine, uh, no other doctrine than what? 
well, uh, that's, that's what uh, the question is. Uh, the gospel that he was entrusted with, what is that gospel? Have you ever thought about Paul's gospel? What is, what is that? Is, does he have a special gospel? Uh, let's, let's look at that. <clears throat> now here's a scripture for you, 1 Corinthians 4.17. 1 Corinthians 4.17. I sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved child and faithful in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, even as I teach everywhere in every church. Did you get that verse? Did you get what Paul had just said? This is what he teaches in every church. This is his gospel, what he teaches in every church. That's 1 Corinthians 4.17. Then I look at 1 Corinthians 16, 15, uh, verses 1 through 8. Now, there's other connecting verses to these. I, I uh, sort of uh, shortened this. We're talking about Paul's gospel. Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which I, the, here again, the gospel which I preach to you. What, what did he preach to them? And you receive, in which also you have stood, through which also you were saved. if you hold firmly to the word that I preached. The word that I preach will save you if you obey it, except if you do not believe, or if you believe uselessly, or if you don't believe. For I delivered to you in the first place, which also you that Christ died on our behalf for our sins, according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he arose on the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then the 12th, and after he was seen of 500 at one time, the majority remained, but some have died or fallen asleep. And after he was seen of James, and then all the apostles, and last of all, as an untimely one born, he was seen by me. I don't know where that took place, but uh, there uh, he was seen, Paul, Paul saw the Christ. Now that scripture is familiar. Uh, if you've been in church, because it's it's used a lot, that is part that is part of Paul's gospel. And uh, remember that uh, we're talking about churches, and he this is what he preached in every church. So we would think that this is what they, uh, their doctrine and what they believe. And we continue on. 
We learn also from the scriptures that Paul taught baptism and the Holy Spirit. Now this is Acts 14, 15. And uh, a, a lot of, most of this, I think, uh, you are quite familiar, familiar with, and, and you may uh, uh, think it's boring to go over this, but we, uh, we're talking about church doctrine. Now, baptism and the Holy Spirit. Acts 16, we're talking about Lydia, who was a seller of purple dyed, uh, purple dyed garments from the city of Tyrethyra. And she was a worshiper of God. And she was listening and heard the Lord, what Paul was saying, and, and the Lord opened her heart to take heed of what Paul was saying. And when she was baptized and her household, she pleaded saying, if you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come and abide into my house. Now, I want to ask a question here. She was listening to what Paul was saying. What was Paul saying? Just what we've been talking about previously, his gospel is what he was saying. And, and, when, and she and, and Paul, she listened to what Paul was saying and when she was baptized. Now, why was she baptized? What caused her to be baptized? Because of what Paul was saying. Then we go further uh, in Acts again, 29 through 33. Now, here's another one for you. The Philippian jailer. Trembling, he fell before Paul and Silas. You know the background and the story of this. And he said, now here's a question. Sirs, what is necessary that I do in order to be saved? Have you ever heard that question before? What must I do to be saved? That's what they asked Peter on the day of Pentecost. This is what the Philippian jailer is asking Paul and Saul. Now, what caused him to ask this question? Because he had heard Paul and Silas singing and praying and, and preaching while they were in chains in his prison. This is a Roman uh, prison guard, a jail. He's in charge of the jail. And if he doesn't do his job, uh, he, he'll lose his head. Uh, so uh, he was afraid. And Paul said, we're all here. Don't do yourself any harm. And trembling, he said, what do I need to do, Paul, to be saved? And here's the answer. And when he was baptized, uh, excuse me, believe on the Lord Jesus and you may be saved and your household. Now that was the answer that Paul gave him. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's a wonderful statement, isn't it? And it's been taken out of context probably more than any other verse in the Bible. And uh, 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 
the religious teachers will take that verse and nothing attached to it out of context and make it uh, the solution to the problem. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. That's a wonderful verse. And as I said, it, I think it has been taken out of context more. Read the next verse. Read the next verse. And they spoke to him the word of the Lord and everyone in his house. And taking them in that hour of the night, he washed their stripes and he was baptized and all of his household instantly. Now that goes with the other verse and that makes a complete uh, complete sense. Otherwise, you don't have uh, you don't have understanding of the scripture. Now, <clears throat> I know that uh, uh, that that uh, uh, has been taught in uh, Christian churches uh, <laughs> a lot, and it may it may seem repetitive, but uh, uh, in this day and time. Uh, maybe a lot of people haven't heard that, and they don't know what the uh, what Paul's gospel is, what the Christian doctrine is. Uh, this is this is what it is, and uh, <clears throat> so we have Paul now. <clears throat> Paul, uh, I want to mention his humbleness, Paul's humbleness, and. Uh, he says, uh, <clears throat> in uh, verse uh, 12, <clears throat> I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Now, this, this is the humbleness of Paul. Um, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And that, that uh, Paul, uh, Paul uh, seems to, I would almost say that I don't believe that Paul had a real difficult time forgiving himself. You know, forgiveness, talking about forgiveness, it's, it's, two, it's two ways. Uh, we, can, we can be forgiven, uh, but you have to forgive yourself. Also, I think Paul had a hard time forgiving himself. He felt so bad about about what he had done, uh, that that it was was in it was in his heart all, all the time. I think. So, two things I would say here um, about teaching, um, false teaching, teaching, teaching is a tremendous responsibility. If I teach something wrong here, uh, that is, that is, a, that is a, a very 
a, a bad thing. And, uh, and this was happening in churches. It happens today in churches where uh, bad things are taught sometimes. And uh, it's up to the pastor and elders like Timothy and Titus, that was their charge to take care of this. And today, we'll learn later that the, that the importance of these three epistles, we'll learn later, to, in the, uh, later on how uh, it should be dealt with today and who deal with it, the, the elders and pastors. And they deserve a great deal of, of uh, uh, credit and, and honor because it's a tremendous responsibility. It's a tremendous responsibility. That's what they're charged with. They're charged with that. That's, that's a, a, a dangerous thing uh, and, a, and, a, and a powerful thing. And that's so, uh, that's a theme that runs through these. So I urge you to uh, work with us and, and teachers as we work through these 13 chapters. I think you will have a little different appreciation and understanding uh, of church if, uh, if you keep an open mind and, and, and do this. So uh, the humbleness of Paul, the second thing is a good lesson for us, isn't it? The, to, to teach us humbleness, we need humbleness uh, all, all the time, always. Now, <clears throat> the last two verses, uh, he is saying uh, to Timothy, uh, verse uh, <clears throat> 18, Dif discharge. Now that's uh, Paul not holding back here uh, when he's talking to Timothy. Um, and re remember that uh, he found Timothy uh, on his second missionary journey and, and he took him and Timothy remained with him uh, all the time. And, uh, uh, until I don't know if Timothy got to his, to uh, uh, Rome before he was uh, beheaded or not, but Paul asked him to come. But I don't know, if, and there's no indication whether he did or did not come. But here he's charging Timothy, verse 18. This charge I commit unto you, Timothy, my son. You notice that he called him his son many times and uh, my beloved son, my child. He considered Paul, he considered him a very uh, dear and loyal uh, companion and uh, brother, preacher, teacher in the, in the Lord. Paul had, had great confidence in Timothy. According to the promises which went before on thee that thou that you might be minus war, a good warfare. You might be a good soldier and fight a good faith. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith and they've made a shipwreck of it. 
and the ones doing that is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, Hymenius uh, is the guy that's giving trouble in Ephesus. And that's uh, uh, and Alexander, and they had another partner. But the, but the main ringleaders was Hymenius and Alexander. And Paul is, is charging Timothy here uh, to, to look at that, to take care of that. Now, he, the false, they was, these are false teachers, false teachers. And what were they teaching? Well, uh, we don't know every, everything they were teaching uh, uh, falsely, but we know some. And uh, uh, they were teaching not not to fill them uh, uh, was one of the things, and that is that uh, it's it's about uh, knowledge and the Gnostic uh, sect, and they uh, they they thought they, that the uh, spirit was good, but matter was uh, evil. And uh, and it it, it uh, matter being evil uh, just uh, did uh, damage to God's creation. They didn't do that, and and they preached wisdom, wisdom or knowledge, and it was only to a certain sect, and, and that it was necessary for salvation. So Gnosticism was was mostly all about knowledge. And they thought spirit was good, matter is evil, and and they they taught this as a doctrine, you see, and it had no place in that. Also, I know that Hermenius um, didn't. Uh, he taught uh, that uh, the resurrection had already passed; that there was no resurrection, and so he taught some uh, false teaching about. Uh, about the resurrection. And I don't know, uh, it's hard to determine other things that uh, 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 that he taught. Now, so what did, what did Paul do uh, about that? Uh, he um, <clears throat> Find out my words here. Hymenius <clears throat> uh, was a false teacher in Ephesus. He opposed Paul, and I've mentioned some of his uh, Gnosticism teaching. He denied the resurrection, and he and Paul says profane and vain babbling leading to more ungodliness uh, and so that that's a that includes a lot there doesn't it profane and babbling babbling on babbling on and it it didn't do anything uh to upbuild but it created uh, ungodliness it was bad it was bad and it will eat away like gangrene paul said and gang, you know what that is. You, you lose a limb when you get gangrene, and that's what that's what Paul said. Now, 
Paul delivered this guy over to Satan. That's what he said. What does that mean? That's, that's a pretty serious thing, isn't it? Paul delivered him over to Satan. Well, <clears throat> um, there's a lot of uh, speculation on this. The, the best, it seems, uh, most uh, practical and uh, uh, reliable uh, discipline happened in, in this, that Paul just uh, put him away from the body, from the Christian people. He just put him away. In other words, he, just, uh, he was just uh, separated from the church. And... Uh, and he and he didn't have any uh, contact with them, separated. So that's what we're talking about is being separate from the body. That's how much more serious can you be than that? That, that. So that was, a, I think, probably the discipline that Paul did uh, with Amanius, who was uh, teaching all of this false doctrine. And uh, yeah, he will crop up again later and some other uh, people will will have something to say about him i'm sure about that uh, so he handed him over to satan one verse in closing that i would like to uh, go back to and uh, and that is a faithful a faithful saying and the reason i say that uh, that's verse 15 in the in the first chapter there. And Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is a faithful saying. Paul had five of those. Now, I don't know, uh, I, I sort of like little tidbit about the scripture like this about the scripture but there's five faithful sayings and they're all in these three uh epistles and uh, the first one is we just uh, we just looked at uh the second is uh in um, the third chapter the word is faithful if anyone has an eager desire to be an overseer he longs for good work this is going first. And this will come up with other teachers as they go down the line. And the third one is in First Timothy 4th chapter. The world is faithful and worthy of all acceptation. For toward this we labor and struggle because we have hope in the living God who is Savior of all men, especially believers. You command this and teach. A faithful saying. Uh, and uh, then <clears throat> uh, the fourth one is in Second Timothy. The word is faithful. If, if we die with him, we also shall live with him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, that one remains faithful for he is not able to deny himself. You keep reminding people of these words, strongly witnessed before God, not to war over words on which there is nothing useful, 
only upset the ones hearing. Then the last one is in Titus. The word is, the word is faithful. And concerning these precepts, I want you to assert emphatically in order that the ones having believed God may take thought to take the lead in good works. These works are good and profitable to men. Those are, we'll come, you will come across those as we study through these three epistles. Now, uh, the, the one that I uh, think about these uh, faithful sayings, uh, first of all, you can take them to the bank. They, they're real, they're faithful. They're, they're, they're scriptures, they're what we need to know, what we need to hear. I think probably that these sayings were rehearsed in the churches, uh, maybe. I, I think they, uh, I, I, don't th I don't think they were passed over lightly one time and moved on. I think they were uh, probably uh, looked at uh, in, the, in, the, in the churches. Paul's faithful saying. Okay, so we have chapter one, and uh, as we go forward, other teachers, I'm sure, will um, come across things that uh, uh, maybe will, will uh, help you understand or maybe reinforce uh, some of the things that, that, we've, that we've had tonight. And uh, hopefully uh, that it will be interesting for everyone. 